1 Samuel chapter 15, uh, let us stand and we'll read, start reading verse number 10. And uh, we'll go from there. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse number 10. Then came the word of the Lord <clears throat> unto Samuel, saying, It repented me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he's turned his back, turned back from the following me and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. Look at verse number 35 of chapter 15. <clears throat> And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the re Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord. Lord, you know the hearts and minds. You know our thoughts, and you know our needs. You know our wants, Father. And I ask you to touch us this morning, Lord. Give us the direction and the guidance that we need, Lord. We pray for those that are not here, those who are sick. Uh, Father, I just pray your hand to be laid upon them. And help me this morning, Lord, to help me uh, say the words that you would have me to say, not me. But, Lord, empty myself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. How many of you this morning knows that life does not always go as planned? <laughs> How many of you could testify this morning either through relationships or jobs or through a church, there are many different areas, the children, just whatever area there is in your life, there are many of us that could look back and say, you know, I just didn't plan out and work out the way I thought it would. I kind of had it planned this way. I thought it would go this way, but life has kind of taken a hard turn. Life has not turned out like I had planned it. That is where we're at in this text. Samuel's thinking this is God's direction. God give him some discernment. Samuel, Samuel had planned it out that Saul was going to be the man. He was going to be the one that ruled and reigned over Israel. And when he dies of old age, then one of his sons will come up and take reign. The kingdom is going to go on and be established through the uh, child of Benjamin. And the father, his, uh, his father, Kish, was going to rule and reign on the throne of Israel. This is the plan. He's going to be a great king. He, he's going to be a godly king. The plan looks real good, Samuel. You know what the Bible said about Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 23. He was head and shoulders taller than anyone else. He was a good-looking guy. He was a big guy. Here's this fellow. He looks good. He's tall. He's broad shoulders. Uh, uh, the plan uh, uh, looks real good. The first time Samuel lays eyes on him, he said, the plan is all coming together. It has fallen together, just like I thought it would. This is going to be the way God is going to deliver Israel. This is the king that, uh, that's going to rule in Israel. But when you read the, uh, read the chapters leading up to the Saul's reign, it just doesn't turn out to be like Samuel had planned it to be. 
But now in the text we find he is facing the reality, facing the unknown of having to move on without this person. And without this plan being performed in his life, he's crying about it. We find two times he cries about it all night in verse number 35. He's crying and he's absolutely torn up about the fact, the prospect that he's going to have to move on without this person. Move on without this plan being performed the way he thought it would plan out to be. Some of you might have walked in here this morning saying, Preacher, I feel like that's my life. I have cried about it. I'm torn up about it. Life has really gone not according to plan like I had planned. I had to move on without some people in my life. I had a plan that I was going to be there. But though I thought it would always be there, I have no have to move on from what I had planned it in my life. From what I, the directions and desires of my life, I'm having to move on. Life has turned out wrong. I planned, let me give you some thoughts this morning before I get into the message, the meat of it. Some drawbacks, some things that can hinder a plan coming to pass life is not going to going according to plan and we find from this story first of all pride pride can hinder plans coming from uh, uh the to the past uh, uh this is the start this whole mess up begin with uh, if you go back to chapter number eight uh, i think it is god's people tells uh samuel we want a king like everybody else we want uh, uh, a king like looking at everybody else we don't want god to reign over us we want to be a, we want to be like everybody else And we don't care what God wants or desires for us. We want what we want. How many of you have said that in your life before? How many of you said, Lord, I don't care what you want in my life. This is the way I want my life to go. When you start saying things like that, how many know that your life has not turned out like you planned it turned out? You start getting to the place where you can vocally or in your heart say, I don't care what God wants in my life. I'm going to do what I want to do. It doesn't matter to me what God says. It matters to me what I desire. I want what I want for my life. When you come to a place in your life where you're so prideful that you can plan this, many times plans are going to off-rail. Listen to me as a child of God. Plans never turn out right if God is not the originator of the plan. Make sure God is always the originator of the dreams and plans and goals that you have in your life. Maybe your plan didn't start out like God's plan started out. Maybe you ought to stop in the middle of your plan because it's fallen apart and torn apart. Lord, I've come this far. I've got to stop. 
I'm not going to be so prideful that I'm going to keep out going out on my plan. And I know it's not right. I want to be directly in the middle of my life. I want God's plan. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all this righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I'm going to trust the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my own standing. Lord, I'm going to be not going to be so prideful that I kick you out of my plans. I want you involved in the planning in my life. Pride can get you off track in your life when you decide to do your own thing. Can I say we can find pollution uh, can hinder the plan of God. Look at verse number 23. For rebellion is a sin of rich witchcraft. Stubbornness is a iniquity and adultery. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from the being king. You see what's creeping in here. There's, there's some pollution there that, that has messed the plans up. Because Saul's rebellion, this plan has fallen apart. Can I say to you, and I want you to hear me, there are some times when your plans will not come to pass as you think they should, not because of something that you have done in your life. You didn't rebellion, there's no pollution, but because of what someone else has done, being polluted and rebellion in their life that you with. Here we find Samuel's plans goes crazy. And it's not because of Samuel. Samuel has not done anything wrong. It's because Saul has done something wrong. There are some times y'all sitting here today and remembering your past, having the unfortunate event of having a broken home or coming from a divorce that you couldn't figure out what is wrong. It's not you, but it's somebody else that you're associated with that's polluted the relationship and just could not last. You cannot control what other people do. You cannot control what they think or say. You're sitting here this morning planning your life when you have children. I mean, everybody plans that picket fence in the house and two kids and a dog. We all planned that when we were kids. I remember planning that when I was a kid. It didn't turn out like I planned. You plan sitting in church with your kids sitting beside the pews. You raised them in church and brought them to church, taught them the things of God, and, and, and you plan on them being in the pews of the church with you. But here you sit by yourself wondering what, wondering what have I done. It's not that what you've done. Well, can I tell you, kids have their own mind. You may raise them in church. You may teach them the things of God. But when they get to the age, they can say, I don't want to. It is not your fault. Amen. Regardless what messed up the plans, whether it's a pride of pollution, we find that it's perplexing to Samuel. Samuel is confused about this. He is worried about this. He has cried early in the chapter and he's cried all night long. He's confused. 
He said, Lord, I thought this was the plan. Lord, I love God's people so much that I'm worried about what's going to happen to them. I'm worried about who's going to lead them. Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going to happen. And if that's where you're sitting this morning, that is all the bad news I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you some good news. If you're sitting here this morning, take one more step further. Don't stop. Let's move on past chapters 15. Look at chapter 16, verse number 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, how, will, how long wilt thou mourn for Saul? He said, time to move on, Samuel. It's time to get over this, Samuel. Seeing I rejected him and from reigning over Israel, fill thy horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse, Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. God says, come on, Samuel. He said, Samuel, it's time for you to get up. It's time for you to get up. Don't get me wrong. There are times that you need to mourn. We are set aside times that we mourn. But there's some of us like just sit in our mourning day in and day out, day in, day out. And God's telling Samuel, you've mourned too long. It's time to get up and take another step forward. Get up and fill your horn up with oil. It's time to go. It's time to move on from this place where you're at right now. You say, preach, I don't, I don't know what the, it's in front of me. I thought it was my plan. This is the way, but now it's falling apart. How can I move on? You can move on knowing this. God's got another plan. <laughs> He's got something else down the road, something better down the road. I'm glad we serve a God that's not called flat-footed. Uh, he ain't worried about what's going on down the road. Uh, he's not worried about it. He's not wringing his hands out say, saying, I don't know what's happening tomorrow. He is exceedingly abundantly. All that we could ever think uh, when your plans have gone wrong, God's plans are always going to be right in your life. When you're confused, God's not confused. When you're worrying, God is not worrying. Can I tell you this morning, it's time for you to move on. He said, how long are you going to mourn Saul? You realize some people, that's all they want to do? Just keep bleeding and bleeding and bleeding. They, they don't ever want to get over Something has gone wrong in their life. And I'm not saying there's not a space for mourning in your life. God gives Samuel a space to mourn and regret what has happened. But after a while, God finally tells Samuel, you got to get up. You, you got to do this. It's not helping anybody. you sitting there bleeding and crying and mourning. It's not helping anybody else. you just gotten caught up in a pity party. It's time, Samuel, you to get up and move on. But some people want to waddle in their brokenness. They're more interested in, they're not interested in moving on. Every week of their life, they're just sitting in there mourning and mourning and mourning. Talking about their hurt and their pain, what has gone wrong in their life, how it took a bad turn. 
day in, day out. Now, can I say after a while you're not getting no smarter about moving on with God? But just self-pity and pride. God said we have established the fact that it's broken. This plan is broken. Not nothing that you've done, Samuel. Not nothing that I've done, but something that Saul has done. So, Samuel, you can keep it or you can give it to me. I will fix it. A lot of God's people are like that plan that has not turned out like they had thought it would. Things got broken. Things got damaged. And there is a time for tears. There's a time for brokenness. But I'm telling you, you've got to get to a point where you say, God, I'm done with the wandering. I'm done with the brokenness. I'm done with the tears. I need to move on from there. I'm going to give it to you and move on. The Bible said in Deuteronomy chapter 2, talking about the children of Israel, compassing about the mountain of Seir. For 40 years, they marched around this mountain. For 40 years, they just whining and complaining. And he said, you have compassed this mountain long enough. Can I tell you, child of God, you've been in your mourning long enough. You've been in your brokenness long enough. It is time to get up and move on. You've walked in a circle for all these years. Your rebellion, your brokenness long enough. It's time to march on into the promised land. This ain't the only plan that I've got. God tells him. I've got another plan. I've got something better out there. I, I got something else out there. And if you walk with me, and if you will trust me, I will fix the broken thing. I'll mend the broken heart. I will show you something down the road I will find a text just because your plans fall apart doesn't mean God's plans have fallen apart. Let me give you three things real quick and we'll go home. When life seems to fall apart, when life doesn't seem to go according that you have planned, can I remind you that God's plan is always going to be better. God's way is always better than our ways. His ways above our ways. He, we can't even compare to that. So what do we do and what do we understand about God when life does not go according to plan? First of all, we have God's plan is a superior plan. Look at verse number one. He says, I, I have provided me a king among his sons. Chapter 16. The first time we find Israel said, give us a king. We want to be our own king. We don't want to rule and reign over ourselves. We don't want God. He said, I will point him out. Can I say to you this? Like, thank God for second chances. <laughs> Aren't you glad that, that their plan got messed up? But obviously God's plan, works a plan, has not gotten messed up. 
But even he said, it repented me that I had set up Saul to be king. God was going to do something else with Israel. God wasn't going to do that, but they wanted Saul. So God said, hey, I'll set this plan on the side here. I'll give you your plan to show you that your plan ain't the right way because I'm not involved in your plan. Can I tell you, when God is not involved in your plan, it may go off rail. You may get right dab in the middle of it and something fall apart. God is still waiting for you to say hey I'm right here I have not moved my plan for you has not changed I just want to bring you back in line I'm going to let you go your way for so long but I'm going to bring you back in line and when I get you back in line I'm going to tell you this is my plan for your life and if you start walking it life will go as according to God's plan amen amen it wasn't foreordained before time for Saul to sin. It wasn't foreordained for Saul to rebel. It was Saul's choice. But listen, just because they messed up doesn't mean that God doesn't have a second chance for them. Aren't you glad when your plans are messed up, gone off rail, God provides a second, third, fourth, chances. Jonah had rebelled against God when God called him to go down to preach to Nineveh. He said, I ain't going down there. He ran away. He went to Joppa and found his way, but he got swallowed up by a whale. And the whale spewed him on the shores, and this is what he said in chapter 3, verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. <laughs> he said, Jonah, I gave you a direction to go and you choose that you want to go your own direction. And God said, hey, you go ahead and go your direction, but I'm going to put a stumbling block in your way and it's going to get a hold of you and it's going to get you back to where I need you at. And when Jonah was spewed out on that shore and he said, and the word of the Lord came to him a second time, he was in the Nineveh that day, a three days journey. He got there quick. God will get your attention. God's going to get your attention. I'm glad that we mess up the first word of God in our life. It doesn't mess up God's plan for our life. He is a merciful God. He's a God of grace. He's a God of restoration. He's a God of redemption. And if you messed up this morning, your plans are gone off rail. He has a second chance for you this morning. I imagine when God told Samuel, get up, fill your horn. Go that way. I got me a king down there. I imagine Samuel said, he probably thought this. He's not like him. He can't be like him. You, you may have something down there. I don't know what's down there, but it'll never be like it was. You know who's waiting down there? You know who's waiting down there. I know he has something. But I want it to be as good as it is here. He reluctantly goes. God said, it will never be as good. He said, God, you, it's not going to be the same. It, it's not going to be as good as it was back there. It's not going to be like Saul. It's not going to be that way. I'll, I'll never feel about that way again, God. I want it to be like it was. 
I'll never preach again. I'll never shout again. I'll never be able to feel God again. It won't be like it was. Can I say you're right? It won't be like it was. It'll be better. It's going to be better. We know what's waiting there. Samuel don't have an idea what's going on down there. His idea is still Saul. His eyes are still looking at Saul. He doesn't know what God's plan is. He says, I got something better. It's, it will be better. Well, it's coming is David, the son of Jesse, the lineage of Jesus Christ. God specializes in giving beauty for ashes. Specialized in giving peace for heaviness. He specialized in giving joy for mourning. He specialized in giving better than what we had before. You say, what it's like, what it be like? It won't be like it was. You're right. It might be better. Some of y'all are in second relationships and you look, good, look back at God and said, you know what? I didn't think it ever could be any better. I didn't think it could get any But I'm looking now. I'm sitting in a second relationship, and I see it's better than it's ever been before. I'm just telling you, God's way is the best way. Can you, can you see that? He goes down and anoint David to be king over Israel. Can you see this? A couple of years later, I think if you go back and look at it, two chapters after this, about ten years later, Samuel sitting in his house and somebody busts through the door. Oh, Sam, have you heard? Heard what? Well, they're down in the valley of Eli down there. The Israelites on one side, the Philistines on the other side, and this great old big giant, almost 10 foot tall, comes out every day. He's challenged the people of Israel to send out a champion that they may fight. And here's Saul, head and shoulders above everybody else, and even Saul ain't going out there. No, I hadn't heard about that. I hadn't heard about that. God give him better. A few days later, <laughs> I get this. I, I, my mind goes crazy. Samuel sitting in his house, and he's still thinking about Saul. His eyes still see Saul. A few days later, somebody busted him out. Oh, Sam, have you heard? Heard what? Head boy, that you went down there and anointed at Jesse's house. He was, you know, when he anointed David, then he was about. A young man, he says, a young fella, he was ruddy looking. He wasn't good looking at all. He was ruddy. He said, that boy that you anointed to, to be king down at Jesse's house, uh, he came down there. He heard that giant talking about God and cussing God. And that little boy, 17 years old, grabbed him a sling, grabbed him a rock, and went down there. It's the craziest thing you ever seen, Samuel. It's just plump crazy down there. He takes that sling and that rock. He slings and hits that boy in the head. He fell over. He pulls his own sword out and cuts the boy's head off. It's just wild, crazy stuff down there God's plan is always going to be better Saul the king that Israel wanted was still sitting on the top of the mountainside and he was not going down there but here this little ruddy boy said hey you ain't defiling my God and he went down there and because he went down with God God was with him on the battlefield You let God work your plan for you. 
I don't care what giant comes in front of you. I don't care what trouble comes you with. You let God work that plan for you, and God will show you. He'll give you victory over everything that comes before you. Amen. Adam and Eve messed up, got kicked out of the garden. They're sitting by the graveside. Oh, we've messed up. Cain's done killed Abel. We've, we've messed up. They're sitting there. It'll never be like it was when we was in the garden. Never will be. We messed the plan up. Sorry, you didn't mess the plan up. You can't mess God's plan up. God had already said there is coming a lamb who was foreordained before the foundation of the world. And when John was baptizing by the muddy river of the banks of Jordan, he looked up and said, Look, behold, the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. He has a superior plan to your plan and my plan. One day when we're sitting in glory land, and God, there's God. We're going to say what God gave us. What he's given us there is better than what we have here. Yes, Amen. It's a better plan. God has a superior plan. Look what God has done with our plans. Our plans fall apart. God's keep on working. Some of you are saying it will never smile again. You're sitting here and never laughing right now. Amen. I'll never smile again, but now you're laughing. Some of you said, I will never worship again, yet you sit here and you're worshiping God. You join the second things of God. Of God's second chances. That's because God's plan is superior than your plan. Can I say this about God's plan? It, God's plan requires sacrifice. God requires you to sacrifice your way for his way. You don't need to get God planned doing in your own thing. You get God planned doing it his way. Look at chapter 2, verse 6, chapter 16. And Samuel said, how can I go? How can I see this plan come to pass? God, I, I won't see it. I won't be a part of it. If Saul hears it, he will kill me. God's plan. And the Lord said, take an heifer with thee and say, I have come to sacrifice the Lord. How am I supposed to get down yonder to see your plan come to pass? You're going to have to sacrifice some things. What do you mean? What am I supposed to sacrifice? What you want for what God wants. Trust and obey, obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Romans 12, 1 says, Beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service, and not be conformed to this world, but ye be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How am I supposed to see God's plan in my life? You've got to stop looking at the things the way you look at it. You've got to start looking at what God wants to see. How many people want to see God's plan 
for their life. Every Christian wants to see God's plan in their life, but they'll never see it because they'll steal the planners of their life. Until you say, God, I've messed it. I've said this several times. God, I've messed it up. I've done it wrong. I'm sorry. It is time for you to take the reins and guide me again. You'll never see God's plan as long as you are still the planner of your life. Samuel's trying to still do things according to the old plan while wanting to see the new plan. Look look at verse number 6. And it came to pass when they came down that they looked at Eli. Eli was like uh, Saul. He was a big boy. Ruddy, big shoulders. Head as tall as everybody. And he said, surely the Lord anointed is before him. Why do you think that was God's plan? Because he's looking at it with the same eyes he saw Saul with. He's looking at the old, the new plan in the same eyes he had saw the old plan. Verse number 7, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not upon his countenance on the height of the statue. He said, hey, look. He might look like Saul. He might be as tall as Saul. But that's not my plan. God is not interested in your statue. Can I say that? He said, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth as a man seeth. For man looketh upon outward appearance. But the Lord looketh on his heart. God says, hey, you want to see my plan? You got to stop looking at the old plan. You want, you want your plan to change in your life? You can't keep looking at the same eyes the same way you keep looking at him. You see, the problem with Samuel he is a problem of letting go. Like I said, Eli walks in, the plan looks just like the old plan. He said, this has got to be the plan. It just looks just like Saul, so this, certainly this is the one God is going to anoint. No. Let's anoint him and get it over with, God. God said, no, he's not the plan. Not the plan. You're you're trying to see things according to your plan the old way. You know the problem with a lot of Christians? Can I say this? I don't want to offend anybody. Because I'm speaking to myself and I don't want you to offend. You know the definition of insanity is? My definition is trying to do the same thing over and over and over and over expecting different results. (laughs) You're living your life doing the same thing over and over and over and over and expecting something different to happen that didn't happen the first time, second time, third time, fourth time. And I'm telling you, there's some Christians still trying to work that plan a hundred times in their life and it's not going to change because you're still looking at it with old eyes. Still looking at it with the old eyes. You, you got to say, Lord, I've tried it my way and it has not worked. Something's got to change. Because if you keep trying to do it your way, the results are going to end up the exact same way. It's going to go off real. It's going to fall apart. You're going to come in crying, torn over. I don't know. I don't know why all this is happening to me. I know why. You ain't listening to God. 
Amen. What happens when you see things God's way in your life? His plans always look like our plans. Have you ever noticed God's plan doesn't look like your plan? I'm going to testify a little bit, but you can put your name in where it needs to be put in there. Now, let me just testify a little bit. I've been here 12 years. Honestly, that was not my plan. <laughs> it wasn't my plan. When I left Florida, my plan was I wasn't going to another pastor in another church as long as I lived. Didn't want to pastor another church. Didn't want the problems, headaches. I didn't want to have to get up every Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday night and see the exact same people over and 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 over. I wanted to be an evangelist. I said, Lord, if you let me preach, all I have to do is get six or seven messages for a year. And I go to churches and I'll preach them six or seven messages for an entire year. In January, I'll start over and get me six or seven more. That's, that, that was my plan. That, that's the way I had planned it out. God's plan was not that. God's plan was not my plan. God had a different plan for me. Yeah. I, I, love, I, I love this church. Don't get me wrong. It, it has been a wonderful plan. But I'd have never saw it if I had kept going my plan. If I had said, hey, Lord, let me, just, let me just tell you, I would have never took this church without God giving me a scripture that I needed to take this church over. Because I had to wait and say, Lord, is this your plan? Is this what you want? That's the problem. We get ahead of God. We jump right out to us. <laughs> I think God might want to do this, but you ain't listening, God. We'll talk about that tonight. That was not my plan, but God had different plans for me, and, and I had to be willing to sacrifice what I wanted, what I desire, and surrender to God. If you want God to do anything in your life, Anything, you're going to have to sacrifice. What do you mean sacrificing? What you want, your desires, what you feel that you need to go, where you need to go, and just say, Lord, here I am. This is your plan. I want to work your plan. Look at verse 12. And he sent and brought him in. He's talking about, he brought seven of his children before him, and each one, God said, no, no, no. So he, he says, I have not found God's plan yet. He said, let's just anoint one of them, get it over and get done with it. You know, that's not God's plan. It's not God's way doing things quickly. It appears, appears to me I have found God's plan. He looked at him and said, it's better, but on face value it doesn't look like the way I should have done it. Look at verse 12. And he sent and brought him in. This is David coming in out of the fields. It doesn't look like nothing like Samuel playing. He's been out there being a shepherd keeper on the backside. And he's a ruddy with all a beautiful countenance and godly to look at. And the Bible said he was a youth, just a kid at this time. He is not this big, strapping, broad-shouldered, good-looking guy 
And this is the Lord's plan? Can you imagine what ran through Samuel's mind? He's brought all these kids through. Here's him one over there. That boy's a big one. He's broad shoulder. He's good looking. Certainly that's the plan. Certainly next two or three plan. Certainly that. And he gets down and says, hey, is this it? Because God said, hey, there ain't no more plan. There ain't none of them out there. See the problem? A lot of people, instead of trusting the Lord... And letting God do something. If you would just say, Lord, I'm done in trying to pick my plan. God, you pick the way. You might, might not like the plan God has, but God has got a better plan. His plan is superior in anything you could ever come up with. It amazes me how many people want to see God's plan with no sacrifice. Lord, I want your plan in my life, but I'm not willing to give up anything. No faithfulness, no purity, no holiness, no church, no Bible. And these are expected things to change in your life. You will not be changed simply by effort, but rather by exposure. You cannot change on your own effort. Lord, I'll try. No. You must be exposed to the things of God and it's got to seep into your life in order to change it. What does that mean? You've got to keep changing, coming and changing the way God wants you. You've got to be different than the way you were. If you never expose yourself to the right stuff, you'll never be what God wants you to be. There will never be a change in your life sitting at home and not being around the things of God. I've watched people come to the altar, cry crocodile tears, saying, I've got right with God. I want to do something for God. I want to move God. And then you don't see them for a long time afterwards. There was a lot of effort on their part, but there never was exposure. To the things of God. And yet they expect change in their life because they came to an altar. It's not going to happen. Got to be a sacrifice. Got to be a sacrifice. Look how easy it could have been. Jesse called his sons and made seven to pass before Samuel. Samuel said unto these, Jesse, Lord have not chosen thee. I would have been simply happy with one of them and done. I'm just waiting to let's just pick one up and get it done, get it over with. I'm not, I'm not, I'm tired of just sitting and waiting. I'm tired of doing this. If you do that, if you start doing that in your life, waiting, just waiting on God's plan, because it takes a while. It took a while for to go get David out in the shepherd's field and to get him back. This time was not going to be like quick. If you're expecting God to move in your life right now, you're going to be like everybody else. They jump out and say, well, I'll, I'll take the initiative and go. You need to have some standing. It requires, God's plan requires you standing. Or sticking around. Sammy said, I don't know when the plan is coming. It may take a while for the plan. But I'm going to be faithful. 
until it does. I'm not going to get up to be in such a big hurry and miss God's plan. It had been real easy if it had chose one and known it and got over and went home and sat down. And he said he's keeping a sheep. He couldn't have said, Lord, I don't want to wait no more. Because your plan is a long way off. Some of you don't want to wait on God's plan. Some of you are in too big of a hurry for God's plan. The Lord is good unto them that wait upon him. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. And they shall run and they shall not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. It requires you to stand. Samuel says, I don't know how long he is, but the Bible said we will stand until he comes. We're not going to sit down. We're going to stand. And I'm going to stand until the promise of the Lord is coming. I'm going to stand until the plan of God comes before me. I'm just going to stand. And I tell you, you need to just stand. Don't get in such a hurry and jump out and miss God's plan. Samuel easily said, you know what, Lord, I'm done with this. Your plan's a long way off, and I ain't got the time to wait on it. God says, if you do, you're going to miss the best things, the superior thing that's ever happened to you. Sacrifice is required. You got to wait. You got to wait. You, you got to wait on the Lord. And let me just say that if you want your plan, plan for your life to get back on rail, get back on track, because some of us sitting right here now, I guarantee you, our life has not gone as we have planned it to go. Amen. I'm living proof of that. My life has not gone the way I planned it. But somehow not, God said, hey, if you just wait a minute, wait on me. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be next week. But I'm telling you, if you just stand and wait on me, when my plan shows up in your life, it's going to be a superior plan. It's going to be a better plan. And I will get lead and guide you in that plan. We're trying to guide ourselves in our life with God. Yeah. Amen. 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 Let God take control. Let Him take reins of your life. Yeah. Now I know sometimes we get off track. We do. I do that. Yeah. I promise you I do get off track. But it takes the Lord to bring me back where I need to be. When I realize I'm this far over in left field, Lord, how did I get over here? Because you'd fallen your, your plan. You need to get back over here on this side so you can follow my plan. And I, I'm telling you. Some of you might be sitting here and say, well, I've been off track for a while, but I'm, tell, I'm telling you, God's plan is superior. God's plan is better. It's going to take some sacrifice on your part and say, hey, take it, Lord. I'm through with it. And don't get in such a hurry. Stand and wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. 
because God is God.